When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Right, right now. The coach's son is going to dribble out his dad's championship. 76-59. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Every dog has his day, and this day belongs to the Huskies. Earlier on the show, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis. ESPN senior NBA writer Brian Windhorst. Coming up, two-time Academy Award winner Ben Affleck. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, we should have had her announce herself as a guest on the program. That was the voice of the Rich Eisen show, Aaron Sheehan. She just hung up from being on this show because we had to have her on as a guest because she nailed the final four and the final game and the final result, but didn't have her pool in something where it could be worth oh, money. That is painful, man. Oh. And th- The craziest anyway. final four ever. Yeah. She nailed all four of them and the results. You know, she had San Diego State obviously beating Florida Atlantic. That almost didn't happen, as we know. They needed a buzzer beater to make that happen. And anyone thinking what we saw wasn't real, we got a shot at her sweet 16. And all those teams, they're like, this isn't something that's made up. This was real. She really picked these teams. Hour number one, we had Jay Billis fresh off of the national championship game talking about the national championship game from a golf course. We even heard him hit a shot at the end of our interview. That's that's a Rich Eisen show first. He's like... Now, listen to me hit this shot. And he looked good doing it. And he said it was magnificent, yeah. is the word he used. Hour number two, Brian Windhorst. What a great conversation about what might be wrong with the Mavs and what is wrong uh, with the Mavs and Luka and Kyrie and the Lakers prospects. A great soup to nuts preview of the last week of the NBA season leading to the play in tournament and the playoffs. If you missed it, we re air on the Roku channel, channel 210. And then there's our podcast. There's YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We slice a bunch of these videos up, put it out there every single day for you to consume worldwide. There's also the Rich Eisen Show collection page, part of our Roku channel relationship. It's a video on demand service. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We will take your phone calls before the end of the show. Ben Affleck's going to be joining us, the director of the movie Air, coming up in about 18 minutes time. Susie Schuster is in Chris Brockman's spot for the final hour of this show. She's been with us all day today um, as Chris is with family. And it's now time for a news update. I believe we have uh, we have a drop for that, right, Mike? Hit it. And now with a report of the day's news from the world of sports and entertainment. It's Susie Schuster. Fantastic. (laughs) All right, what do you got over there, Seuss? What do you got? Can we get Dr. Spichemin back on? Can we just please get Chris Parnell back on? I would love to. Anytime. All right. First first up is what else? Tiger Woods about to play in his 25th Masters. 25. 25th Masters. And uh, he was asked a question this morning that the whole world is wondering. Let's roll that. When you're playing this course, does it ever cross your mind this could be the last time? Yes, it has. Um, I, I didn't know. I mean, last year was kind of a, 
um, didn't know if I was, I was going to play again at that time. Uh, for some reason, everything kind of came together. And I kind of pushed it a little bit, and I was able to make the cut, which was nice. And uh, Yeah, I, I don't know how many more I have in me. So the, just to be able to appreciate the, the, the time that I have here and, and cherish the, the memories. Wow. 25 Masters. I cannot believe that Tiger Woods is playing in his 25th Masters. Right. Do you remember where you were when you saw him the first time? I don't. 25 years ago would be what? Uh, I was probably 28. I was probably 28. on the. I was probably on. You know what? In Bristol, meeting you in the newsroom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and 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 he was just uh, one of the biggest superstars prior to becoming professional that you could think of. He's up. He was up there with LeBron and. Anybody else who you were seeing coming up? Wow. And, of course, he's sitting there thinking of his own mortality. No question about it. Uh, I, I would love for him to make the cut again. I know Brockman is sitting there thinking he's going to actually be in contention on Sunday wearing red. That would be something, obviously, everybody would love to see. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, man, that made me uh, that just made me feel old. Tiger <laughs> thinking of his own master's mortality playing in his 25th Masters. He was a baby when he first started. And I'm sure you know that car wreck had a lot to do with that, too. That oh, yeah. brought the mortality to the front oh, yeah. of his head. I'm just thankful that our kids know who he is and, and have seen him win the Masters. We're lucky. We're lucky. What else you got over there, Suze? A lot of talk about Dr. Jill Biden inviting Iowa and LSU to the White House this week in the aftermath of the championship game, which mm-hmm. I thought was amazing. And I'm all for female trash talk, but that's really no shocker. Yeah. So a couple bites and a couple tweeter, uh, Twitter. <laughs> the old tweeter? What do you call them, tweets? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's yeah. face it. I mean, you, you know me and, and Twitter. We have a, a love-hate relationship, as in I love to hate reading your Twitter feed. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's show a couple of bites, a couple of tweets out there. Uh, Jill Biden, obviously, a lot of a lot of pushback, but Angel Reese saying this is a joke. This is a joke because, as you pointed out, the winners go to the White House. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Rich, how you feel about that. Well, I mean, you know, the first lady said that you know she was at the game and she was particularly um, appreciative of the competition and how Iowa played and mentioned how she's going to mention to the president that they, that he should invite Iowa as well. And she looks forward to seeing LSU at the white house. And clearly, you know, Angel Reese heard that and took it the way a lot of people took it. The way I took it is that she wanted both to come together at the same time. And you know, I heard that and I thought that was um, absurd, quite frankly. And and I thought that that is something that um, should not happen. I have no problem if Iowa did go to the White House. I have no problem that Dr. Uh, Biden wants to celebrate their season. I also thought for a split moment, well, because I'm a little bit jaded in the world sometimes, uh, Iowa is a very important part of the primaries mm-hmm. when one is running for president. That it wouldn't be bad to get in with the good old Hawkeye Nation to welcome them to the White House and honor them in advance of, you know, something in 2024 that might not be uh, a playing season. But um, her, if I'm not mistaken, her 
spokesperson clarified matters today, uh, saying the first lady loved watching the championship game alongside student athletes and admires how far women have advanced in sports since the passing of Title IX. Her comments in Colorado, where she made them, were intended to applaud the historic game and all women athletes. She looks forward to celebrating the LSU Tigers on their championship win at the White House. So we'll just let this die down. LSU hopefully will go to the White House. Um, and and then Iowa should show up later if that is that something what, they want to do. I was going to ask you, so how would you feel then if Iowa went at a later date? Because uh, I, I, that I, hasn't happened in men's sports. Is this a double standard? That doesn't happen in any sport. No. It hasn't, so I don't, would you have an issue if Iowa then went at a later date? I guess it's there's nothing more American than saying what I'm about to say. The loser sh- shouldn't go to the White House. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds... Does that sound terrible? Does it sound bad? Hey, I look, mean, like the the winners of a championship that's, yeah. go to the White House. To that the is what the or they're invited to go, and it's up to them if they wish to attend. And I I would hope that they would. Um, but that that was again the fact that LSU beats Iowa, and the idea was put forth. And for a split moment, I truly thought. She did mean they should all be together. And I thought to myself, that is absurd, for the lack of a better phrase. That is not what, this is not what we do. Is it like the equivalent of, of trophies for everybody? Is that what you're... It'd be like the participation trophy, which everyone hates. So, you know. My children don't, dis- aren't disappointed. They like little... They like a little trophy. <laughs> well, you know, most, most people are always like our participation trophies. Oh, by the way, you, TJ, TJ, you his children. All the time. Like <laughs> our children, as you know, Susie. I was did you know that, TJ? They're his children. Oh, my <laughs> God. He did a lot of the work, let's be honest. This, um, is, you know? Isn't it so crazy? Oh my it's like uh, Look, Handmaid's Tale over If here. Iowa shows up separately, <laughs> then, you know, congratulations <laughs> to them. If she wants to honor them, you know, it, it, it would be uh, weird. Not gonna lie, but if it's something that 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 would show off sportsmanship or whatever, I have no problem with it. You want to spend a day doing that? I'm sure Iowa would love to show up there, and I'm sure they'd love to show up in Iowa and say, "See, Hawkeyes, we are uh, we are for you and the Biden uh, family." I'm, I'm, I took I took Rich as a, as a votes, plus one one time with the Angels in the World Series. Feet. Yeah, we heard that a few weeks ago that he was a oh, professional plus, plus one, one with you. Yeah, yeah. You, you took him everywhere. I did. You opened every door. Without you, there is no Rich Eisen show. We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation while he's listening to us. It was amazing. She, she, you were Susie. You were covering the Angels after they won it. Yeah, the Angels invited me to come. W had everyone to the White House, Mm -hmm. and um, and you went into the Oval Office, and I got in there too. Yeah, (laughs) and I got in. We have a great picture of us with. with with uh, well, if Bush I'm not Jr. mistaken, did cigarettes? Hold on a minute. Did, did Bush forty three? You got in and not wave me in personally. He did. Thank it you. It was big time. I wrote his I was on Sports Center and he recognized me. No, he me. thought you were hey, Susie Rich. Security. Let's be hey, honest. Rich. He uh, thought you were Susie uh, Security. And here we are. And that's we're, why he we're about to take this great. We're about to take this great picture with the president. He couldn't have been. And then Rich's former agent's wife sneaks into the middle of the picture. So we have this great picture. of the two of us with. With no, Junior no. And, and his former agent. Well, you, can, you can Photoshop mm-hmm. that out. Maybe we can. We could, right. actually. There's w technology. Could, w and Laura Bush could not have been warmer. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. But now. They, did, they didn't have the Giants to the White House. Nope. That's, yeah. it, is San Diego State, do they get to go? 
If that's the case. Oh, my God. Oh, see, this you know, is, I it's don't just believe that women are intention. more welcoming. Let's no. just be honest. I do not believe this was her intention. And yeah, they are I, trying to put the fire out here. And I, what, I, what I would probably think is we're going to move on. And then at some point, LSU hopefully will be at the White House. It will be great. And Joe did put out a tweet. Shortly oh. afterwards, okay. um, saying I'm looking forward to welcoming LSU to the White House. Terrific. What else you got over We'll see there? what their coach wears to the White House. Yes, uh, something What else you got over there? What else is your, on your list, your hit list? Uh, Jill and Carter. A lot of talk. Drew Resnahouse telling all of prospective teams, if you're not in the top 10, don't bother knocking on our door. How about that? <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, he told Adam Schefter they're only taking in-person visits with top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. Taking the Dion route with that, right? It's or- very Zava. <laughs> very, very Zava. Well, we got Zava. Kind of like what well, Dion said, though, Rich. If you, yeah, was it if the Giants not, wanted him to yeah, come well, in? This was back in the day when there were interviews at the Combine and they would just, they, they weren't scheduled. It would be a free for all where coaches and scouts would pull a prospect into their meeting room mm-hmm. and you didn't know who was pulling you in until they said, hey, we're with the Giants. And so Dion would walk into, we pulled into a room and say, do y'all have a top five pick? And they would say no. And he goes, I'm out of here. <laughs> You're not getting me. He was, it was factual. And when I heard this, because, you know, Jalen Carter, um, as we all know, um, at the Combine, had to leave the Combine to face charges in Georgia mm-hmm. and then returned to the Combine and told everyone that he's going to be working this thing out and he's innocent. And that's... We've seen that before. Um, and we've also heard how he's been removed off of draft boards after his pro day, which was patently disappointing. For you to have a poor pro day where people are talking about whether you're in shape or not or whether you're committed or not, that's really tough because your pro day is set up for you to succeed. You're on your home campus. You got your coaches. It's all scripted for you to not look good and leave people walking away going, what's up with that is rare. The only other one that I recall was Teddy Bridgewater at a poor pro day. Mm-hmm. So Drew Rosenhaus doing Drew Rosenhaus things, which is getting out there, getting a word out there, fighting a PR battle, knowing that teams read stuff, hear stuff. Everyone talks, everyone talks, everyone says things. And then all of a sudden your player falls down draft boards and he's now saying, Hey, we're not visiting teams outside of the top 10. So if you think we're falling out of the top 10, you're out of your mind. Because the way we're thinking about it is if you're falling, you, you've, you've fallen out of Jalen Carter if you're not in the top 10. You're saying we're falling out of the top 10? Well, guess what? If you're not in the top 10, you've fallen out of Jalen Carter's market. And you could say that's all well and good. But this is also a guy when Willis McGahee had a knee injury, was sitting next to him on the couch on draft night knowing the cameras were on him. He popped on the phone making it look like he's making deals for Willis McGahee to be drafted in the first round, and he wasn't talking to anybody. Oh, really? He did that on purpose. Make it look like stuff's happening, which is what an agent is supposed to do. And the reason when I saw this today, I'm like, let's talk about it because this is exactly what Lamar Jackson is missing. I should be hearing, you know who's interested in Lamar? This, that, the other thing. You know what Lamar's doing right now? He's taking this visit. He's going to this spot. Do you know where Lamar is right now? He's in Vegas, and he's not there to go see a show. You know what he's doing? He's in New England, and he's not going there to visit Cheers. <laughs> Lamar! You know, like, that's the sort of stuff. Like, put Lamar Jackson front row at a Celtics game. 
next to Meek Mill. This is what you need to do. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not put him front row it, whenever the Celtics and the Sixers play each other? Did they play each other over the next week I, in the final week of the season? Do me a favor. That, look that up. Look that up. He needs, like, crisis management. He needs he to needs be put like, out one of those, there. You know, who's the, like, the Washington? Remember Kerry Washington played some kind of, like, fixer type person and scandal oh, or whatever? He needs, like, one of those type people to come in there. Olivia, and she needs, he, he needs an Olivia Pope. Olivia Pope. Pope. That's what it was. <laughs> didn't watch the show. But anyway, he needs that to come in. Well, that's what I'm saying is that Jalen Carter, the word on the street is he's falling. He, he, team's taken off the draft board. And he's falling out of the top 10. And an agent, Drew Rosenhaus, tells Adam Schefter, well, guess what? You're falling out of Jalen Carter if you're not in the top 10. And suddenly you're talking and it changes a narrative. And that does matter. It really does. Sixers Celtics tonight. I Let's thought go. so. I just wanted to then confirm this that. This is what needs to be done. Meek Mill, where is it? Is in it Boston. In Boston. <laughs> Meek Mill should be buying a ticket on the floor tonight watching his Sixers and his guest should be Lamar Jackson. Let's go. Rich, meet Meek Mill. Hey, we, meet Meek Mill at like camera one. Tell him. Meek. Seat geek. Whatever, you know. <laughs> Hi, this is Meek for Seeky. I shouldn't even. Honestly, just go right now. Get two tickets. I think you know how to do it. You don't have to go on a secondary ticket yeah, market. They'll but be go, free. Let's actually. go. Yeah. Get the t- get two seats right courtside. There's Lamar. Hey, Patriot fans, watching your Sixers and watching the Celtics lose to the Sixers. Hey, you just heard that Mac Jones might be on the market. Here I am in Boston. Boy, do I love this place. Shouldn't you love me? Get out there. All right, let's take a break. Good news update. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Let's take a break. Ben Affleck, speaking of Boston, this movie air is so good, and he's the director of it, and he plays Phil Knight in it. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... 
find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network is back with the Roku Channel stream. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, we have got uh, a great conversation to get to, but uh, our phone lines are lit and understand. Sit back and enjoy this chat that I had just recently with the director of Air, Ben Affleck. And joining me here now on the Rich Eisen Show is the Oscar winning director of Air exclusively in theaters globally on uh, this coming Wednesday, April 5th. The man who also plays Phil Knight in this terrific film, Ben Affleck. How you doing, Ben? Good. Nice to see you. Always good, a pleasure. Good to see you, too. Uh, what attracted you to this film, The Project? I mean, you know, it was kind of a lot of things at once. Um, I mean, first of all, obviously, I thought, you know, the story of, of what Michael Jordan kind of became and how he changed the sports world and the marketing world is one that I vividly remember and I think is now is very interesting because it was it's really the beginning of a of a total transition from people into sort of brands and the different identity marketing and all this stuff that that we kind of take for granted now uh, and I thought it was really interesting that at the time I, I wasn't quite aware that it wasn't taken for granted that Mike would be a great big star in the NBA or, 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 or not to mention become you know uh, the greatest the greatest of all professional basketball players and that Nike was like kind of, you know, in third place. They were in the, you know, in the outhouse there. They were like pulling up the caboose in the basketball market. They were kind of a Portland, you know, uh, marathoning sort of slightly hippie alternative jogging company, but they weren't at all cool in that, in the basketball world. And they certainly weren't what they, what they later became. And I liked the underdog aspect of it. And ultimately I really liked the kind of, the way that it could maybe be a kind of a fable. Like you don't have to like basketball, the whole thing. Like you, if you like basketball and like sports, you should love it. And also it should feel universal. And it was a good opportunity for me to look selfishly, the kinds of movies I really like to make. And I hope keep getting made are movies that are like about the characters and the writing and the acting and where people's, you know, move you or funny or interesting or surprise you. And that's, um, you know, that's that's in short supply now. The, the kind of conventional wisdom is that that can't be out in theaters. So I was trying to trying to make a, a movie that crowds would like, my friends would like, my kids would like, my mom would like, but that didn't feel compromising. Well, you stuck the landing on this one, man. I loved it. Um, <laughs> and it, it uh, and I was, you know, saying it earlier and I'll say it again now that I'm with you. It, it, it felt like uh, five minutes long. It just breezed by. And then the the best films where you already know the result, but still keep you on the edge of your seat. Like I like spoiler alert. I knew Nike was going to sign Jordan by the you end. Did, you did know that the year Jordan ended up being a thing. That was yeah. around, yeah, the you know what? I, I, I kind of knew that going in. Um, but you knew it panned out for him as a basketball player. It's amazing how it all happened. But uh, and and interestingly enough, you know, we we're talking right now. Uh, just uh, mere hours after, uh, let me do the math in my head, the 41st anniversary of him making the shot to beat 
um, Georgetown. Nice. Um, and, you know, stand in Patrick Ewing's way for the first of about a dozen times in his career, in their careers. Which I remember Patrick Ewing, we put a little sort of Easter egg in it, went to my high school uh, that I went to, that Matt and I went to. We, not, I wasn't old enough to be in high school, but everybody, you know, there, you know, knew, hey, Pat, you know, he lived down the street from us. He actually lived on Matt's street, which we kind of go to a little bit, obviously, great lengths at the end to sort of talk about unnecessarily. But it was, I remember that game because it was such a, a heartbreak because he, uh, you know, the guy got tightened uh, through the ball to the player on the other team. Yes. Uh, and it was, so it was a big deal college game, even when we were young kids then. Yeah, the sleepy Floyd ending. and but, yeah. it, but the fact that, you know, that play kind of put Jordan in the national consciousness, and that is so important for your film as well. Um, and now here we are, you know, at final four time, it is, it is a pretty neat sort of confluence of everything together and the footage, seeing it in the film is, is amazing. But that does bring me to my next question here is you made clearly a conscious choice to not cast Michael Jordan as a character. And why, yes. did, you, why did you do that? We, we hard, we never see his face. Yeah. Well, for a couple of reasons, one, it's, I don't have the rights to make the Michael Jordan story. And the Michael Jordan, if you're going to convince somebody, if it's possible that you're going to be able to convince an audience that a different person than the Michael Jordan that everybody knows incredibly well because he's a, a kind of walking God on earth and a massive icon, you're going to have to get an actor like, you know, of, of, of the caliber of like, I mean, there are very few Denzel and Malcolm X. When that movie ended and they showed Malcolm X, I was like, oh, Oh, that's right. Malcolm X didn't look like Denzel. You know, like I thought Denzel was Malcolm X. You need a whole movie. You need a lot of work and you need like, you know, a career performance from a genius. And this also, you need the rights to Michael's story. Part of what this is about, part of what this company Matt and I are doing is about is, you know, the people that and what Nike recognized in that deal. If you're going to create that kind of value, you should be compensated appropriately. You know, it's the shift from a kind of license fee to some ownership share. And uh, that's why I thought, like, A, no one's going to believe me that some actor shows up in the middle of the movie and I go, hey, there's Michael Jordan. It destroys the whole movie because all of a sudden everything else is bogus, too, obviously. You know, it all just it, it, these illusions, like making a movie, most of the work is sustaining the basic illusion that what you're watching is actually real and happening so that you invest yourself in it. That's the hardest part of it to stop people from going, oh, I knew this would happen or this is where this part, you know, where they disengage, but to actually connect them with people. And trying to sell anybody who's not Michael Jordan, the only person who could play it, uh, the you know twenty-three-year-old Michael Jordan turned sixty yesterday, and I can't afford him. And that's <laughs> but you did need said Michael's blessing, correct? You you had to. Uh, I don't think the lawyers or anybody thought that, uh, like because he's not in it, and because I think you know, as I can tell you, like when you're a public figure, and I'm not of the. Uh, not, not approaching uh, close to Jordan public figure status. Nonetheless, there are like your people are allowed to write things and say things and tell stories about you because you're considered to be kind of in the public sphere, or the public domain, or the, you know whatever the law is regarding that. It, it gives people some latitude to you know fair use and talk about your story. The truth of it was, I wasn't going to make the movie without knowing and, and first of all saying hey michael if you don't want this movie made period no matter what like i'm just done 
forget it. I don't need to do it. I don't don't for, for out of respect for you and who you are and what you mean. And out of the simple basic instinct of self-preservation, like the stupidest thing in the world would be to go out and, and, and make a movie, which, you know, then Michael later discovers is being made and says like, this is an outrage get rid of this thing. Well, you know, that's just suicide. And uh, so I just, but I also was mindful that like, I, we weren't paying him. This wasn't the Michael Jordan story. And so I didn't want to ask of him anything in right. terms of, hey, you know, give me a work with me, give me research, blah, 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 you know, promote the movie. Like I, you know, I said, listen, I don't have to, you know, all I want you to know is if you tell me to not to just walk away and drop it, I will. And because I have to, and I was lucky to get him to sit down with me for an hour, frankly. And he, and I said, look, if you, um, I need to compress this, I need to change details. When you tell a true story, uh, a story inspired by true events, it's in a less than two hours, you know, part of the function of telling that story is maintaining the essence of the truth, but it's not the literal truth. And everyone didn't say exactly those things, et cetera. Um, you take liberties, but Michael, I won't, you know, if I want to know what things are fundamentally important to you, where if there are truths that are violated, it's, it, it just doesn't work for you. And um, it was a very, I think, tellingly his only, concerns were about others inclusion in the story it was like Howard white should not be left out it's an extremely important figure in this deal an ongoing relationship lifelong relationship with like howard of course is still there jordan brand vice president uh george raveling deal wouldn't happen without george raveling that was good for me to know because this was after the olympics that this story takes place george raveling was the assistant coach bobby knight on the olympic right. team um for those of you who want to see on youtube there's a really great Bobby Knight talking about saying uh, it then before he went to the pros, this is the best basketball player that's ever, ever that he's ever seen. And I've seen that where he says it's, in terms of being a competitor, athletic, he, he called it before he, he ever really called it. it. And by the way, like actually later on after the movie, what I found out, I saw an article in Forbes magazine in 1984 that said, if you, you need look no further for evidence that Nike has completely lost its way than the fact that they paid $250,000 to an untested Michael Jordan who's never played a day of professional basketball. That exists. 250 grand. That's a cold take. That's a cold take. Didn't last. Didn't age well. Forbes was wrong. (laughs) Anyway, and Michael also talked about, uh, you know, his few, like saying things were also, he talked about his parent as I was, you know, obviously, if you don't want your parents to appear in it, I can, you know, out of respect, I knew his father passed away, you know, and I want to be respectful of his family. And I said, is there anything that you'd like to include? You wouldn't like to be included? like, just, t- I just am not going to f- put this at all in any way other than the way that's respectful. Right. And he, uh, you know, he was he had a lovely, obvious affection for his, uh, for his dad. He said he had the best personality of anyone he ever knew. And they talked quite, um, uh, reverentially about his mother and, and, and her role, uh, which I hadn't known about entirely. And instantly when he told me that I thought like, okay, that this changes the whole movie. I'm going to reconstruct this whole story to reflect the fact that at like, you know, 59 years old, this is what Michael remembers about this incident and the person that he wants to, you know, pay homage to. And, uh, and then he told me I had to get Viola Davis. So it was quite clear that I was like, yep, yeah, that's like saying, you can start a basketball team if you get Michael Jordan. But, uh, 
it, it meant that I had to, you know, come up with something that was worthy of Viola Davis. And so, and it was kind of in a way, probably typical Michael Jordan, like, well, we'll just get the very best. You know what I mean? The absolute greatest ever. Terrific. No problem. It's right. So where, where did that take place? Did you, uh, I mean, you didn't, I, uh, you know, I told him I would like maintain the confidence. I went and met him at a, at a, uh, like, a, you know, semi, like a place we met and I went to him. So where he's, you didn't just show up at his house, like Sonny Vicar. I didn't call him. I know. I said, where would you like me to come? And I will come there anywhere in the world. Right. And he said, this is where I am and meet me down the road. And I said, okay, great. And, and I was really like grateful and, 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 and really just grateful and happy that he was like willing to take the time and sit down with me and have a conversation because me, he didn't have to at all. And I know he's right. famously a guy who guards his, his private time and his private life. Well, and Ben Affleck here on the Rich Eisen show, and you know, obviously you've been there, done that. You've been around uh, this city and obviously you've been around sports and you've combined them both before and other films. Um, you know, you're, you're friendly with Brady. I mean, we're, what was it like meeting with him just to linger on Jordan? I mean, what was that? I had met Michael a few other times, okay. uh, you know, sort of at events and, uh, you know, uh, around. So I, I knew him a little bit. It, not like, you know, we we're like, you know, he's my butt. You know, I totally like idolize the guy and hero worship him and, you know, would meet him and try to act cool. And then be like, look at the boy, look at you know, and this was very much like that. He's a uh, extraordinary, incredible presence. And an incredible, uh, yeah, very deep, you know, powerful voice, speaking voice. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because I watched a Letterman interview uh, from his second year in the NBA, I think it was, and where they talk about some of the events in the movie, particularly about the NBA's approach to the shoe. And he doesn't, he, it's really fascinating how much he seemed to kind of grow into that icon status thing you know because now to meet him is to is to really experience in a way and i've met a lot of famous people and you know whatever and, and i would say he's the most personally impressive person i've ever met you know he just kind of exudes a a, a, a power and a strength and a kind of a force and a determination and a confidence that are self-evident and and you know you you meet the guy and you think this is a person to be respected and taken very seriously and and uh that was that was my approach and i was thrilled he was kind he was nice he was friendly and i you know um i was flattered no i'm glad he said yes um so in the few minutes i have left with you what how did you prepare as if you didn't have enough to bite off directing this and and meeting with jordan and helping make it happen how how did you prepare for Phil Knight playing another icon? In well, this? interestingly, the, the Jordan meeting, although brief, you know, actually was the catalyst for what ended up being a, a, a very, you know, laborious reconstruction of, of the movie in many ways. The Phil, Phil, there was, and no one was playing Mike, which I, as I said, I think would be impossible. Uh, with Phil, it was kind of like, you know, I didn't want to try to SNL, you know, where I get the exact, you know, mimic the look and the, you know, and, and try to, I wanted to sort of capture the spirit, but Jason Bateman doesn't look a lot like Rob Strasser and Chris Messina doesn't look like David Falk. And, yes. you know, but I knew that Phil is famous and well-known and his hair actually was a little more blonde than I did the, but I wanted it to sort of not be like, I had a blonde wig in the last duel. And that was the only thing that seemed, anybody seemed to talk about. So it was like, maybe I won't do that this time. Maybe I'll do a less distracting move. And I really was interested and drawn to the fact that like, Phil's a very complex guy. 
He's he built this huge company. He's this massive titan of industry. He real like revolutionary and sort of pirate. And then he became like a steward of the ship. And that's an interesting thing. And also just being like a Buddhist and a massive capitalist are <laughs> odd things that are in contrast with one another. And I thought, and the truth is you have to have somebody in the story, like the true story of this deal, I'm sure is much more nuanced and probably a little more boring and a lot of conference rooms and discussions about it. But the, you have to have somebody who, who has some resistance to the protagonist's, you know, movement forward. And also the truth is like people love to make fun of the boss. You know, like in my experience, you know, that's just how we are. Uh, and, and I thought this is a guy who would both uh, ha- get a lot of respect for what he'd done. But also you could see people working with him going like this guy's going to preach to me about Buddhism now and lecture me about, you know, and give that that kind of energy and tenor and spirit to what I thought it felt like Nike might have been at that time, which is a sort of scrappy place with a bunch of people trying to sort of change the rules. And, you know, they had a philosophy. Companies didn't have philosophies. Companies, their philosophy was like, you you know, punch the clock and make a profit. It wasn't like you went down to the tire factory and was like, but what's your mission statement? You know, and now this is the era of the modern corporation is like, whether they do or don't have, you know, philosophies, they all have consultants who say, here's what we think works as a mission statement, you know, and, and Phil kind of was an early pioneer in that. And and so I tried to play him in a kind of funny, appealing and, and, tip the hat to the significance of the decision he made. And also a guy who could like, I hoped, you know, take a joke, which it turned out he could. It's amazing. Uh, last two for you here, Ben Affleck. Um, it's great also to see you and, and uh, Matt on the screen together doing your thing. Um, so it begs the question, have you ever had the opportunity to do a sequel to Goodwill Hunting? Have you ever had the offer to do that? Uh, it's, it, it's been explored. Uh, people have inquired. I don't have an idea that uh, I think is good enough to, I don't know what that would be. It just seems like that movie is sort of what it is. And if it would feel like a kind of, you know, cash grab trivialization of a movie that is like of the few that are, are important to me. I really love, I like the, one of the few movies I wanted my kids to see, you know, it's uh there are things about it that now feel a little bit like, yeah, that was the nineties, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I still love the movie, you know, it was it, in that movie is a spirit of me and man as kids and trying to grow up, become young men and figure the world out. And uh, it's, it's like a lovely thing, nostalgic thing for me now. So I, it's not like I'm going to, you know, I want to have Will now, like, you know, you know, he works at NASA and he's, uh, you know, breaking, hacking into the Chinese database and, or whatever, you know, so he he would be like born. You you'd, you'd turn him. Into Jason he actually, Bourne. actually, Jason kind Bourne of is Jason Bourne. Now that I think about it, he just Jason forgot that he grew up in South Boston. Yeah, and mixed it all together. And then uh, last one for you. You know, you you mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. You're in the public eye. Um, and to just you know mix it all together with your film about uh, a star athlete having his mother acting as an advocate for him. Uh, Lamar Jackson is currently out there right now uh, looking maybe for another team. Um, his mother is apparently his agent. And then in the meantime, he's been, you know, hearing all sorts of things about him that's not true on social media. Did you see that he used you as a meme on his Twitter account? Ben I Affleck? didn't. I didn't. You. He said uh, it, it's like he was talking about how you need mental health awareness. And then he put you in his jersey caught smoking outside of a uh, 
outside, you know, this famous photograph of you looking. That is a, that is a lovely. And I wish it were, I weren't smoking because I don't really want to promote okay. that awful foul. Good. However, I do. My daughter told me, uh, who's now uh, 17 years old. Yes. She said, Dad, you know, I think your real lasting cultural contribution will be as representative of the beleaguered man. <laughs> I don't think the beleaguered man needs a representative, but now they have one. I think like, well, it's interesting because it's like, yes, I, I have kind of like, I don't even remember what, that was just like a mom, I was kind of like, oh, I'm tired. But it, it becomes like a, and by the way, I'm sure that the point he's trying to make, yes, we might guess, is like life is hard for all of us. Yes, It is a difficult thing to navigate. And uh, we all can feel, I, I, I don't even know the details of what's going on. I don't right. try to defend or advocate, but yes. my guess, my hope is that it's saying like, life's not easy. And uh, it's not a, and, and it can be hard no matter who you are and, uh, you know, sort of like be a little more compassionate. And if that is in fact his message, then I wholeheartedly concur. And I, there are a host of other beleaguered man. <laughs> which, uh, he's uh, welcome to uh, use. You look good in a Ravens uniform, though. I don't know if you ever thought you'd look good in a Ravens uniform, but uh, I well, having met Ray Lewis, I'll tell you what I I actually, if I was standing next to another <laughs> Raven, I think I would not look quite so good. It's like this: those some of those right. you see guys in the NFL who are built in a way that is just, you know, it's a whole other level. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, congrats on air. Ben, it really is a fantastic movie. I could not, speaking of advocating, I couldn't advocate uh, for more people to see it. It's really awesome. And I'm going to show it to my kids. As you pointed out, you want to show your kids. Uh, my my kids only know of Jordan as the shoe guy. That's the way it is in this world, man. You know, in the same way did John Madden is the video game guy for a whole generation. Yeah, Madden um, is like, but, they think he wrote the code. He's the algorithm guy, you know, yeah. but, but uh, it, it tells a, a full and complete story and it's awesome. It's fun. You're fun in it. And it's great. I appreciate so, it, man. And thank I thank you for taking the time here to uh, come. Always on. a pleasure to talk to my man. I thank appreciate you. it. Right thank back you. at you, Ben Affleck. Thanks yeah. again. All right. Talk that's, to you ben, that's Ben Affleck right here on the Rich Eisen show. Fun stuff. The beleaguered man. That's <laughs> ben, funny. You're Ben Affleck's man. Sonny Vaccaro is on tomorrow's show in studio. Yeah. That's on Wednesday, though. We'll wrap up this Tuesday show with your phone calls. 844-204-RICH in a moment. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr and many more streaming right now on Netflix. Check out our new NBA show beyond the arc, part of the CBS sports podcast network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider, Bill Ryder and Ashley Nicole Moss five days a week, talking all things NBA, whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA. Our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Terzo in Iowa has been Terzo. hanging on forever. What's up? All rise, Terzo. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Rich. Good show today, man. I've really enjoyed listening. Hey, Rich, I do know kind of the same competitiveness uh, that you got going on with Susie. My mom was the exact same way. Oh, yeah? Uh, she, uh, she, and my, she and my grandma would definitely, while I learned how to play cards, they would take my chip and they'd take my chair and I'd have to go, uh, go soak in the corner until I learned how to come back and beat them. And I'll tell you this, my competitive edge wouldn't be what it is without those ladies. Ah. And so that's something I have a ton of respect for. Okay. Did, uh, did, so did you ever wave your hand in front of your face in front of your grandmother, say you can't see me? Did you ever do that? Well, the, the, the bad part is when she got glaucoma, it wasn't funny. Oh, but, boy. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, why'd you go dark on me like that? Oh, my God. I'll be honest. I would run my grandma and my mom over with a, with a train to win a board game of Monopoly. I'm okay. not joking. We, we, it was always competitive. This guy. What's going on with you? What else is happening? What's on your mind, Terzo? What's up? Well, I just, you know, I really loved what we had with the NCAA with the men's, it, you know, just being completely out of the blue with who we had in the final four. Um, shout out to Seton's wife for picking those four. That's unbelievable. Unreal. And then the great competitiveness of the women's. I thought those games were so much fun. You know, we left uh, the D&D movie Friday night just to rush to go watch the women's game, and that's one of the coolest things that I got to experience. That's why I'm just a little disappointed with how people reacted to what went on at the end of that game. I hear you. Quit taking away from the great narrative that these women built up. They did a great job. It built the game bigger than it's been, and don't take away from that. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Terzo. Appreciate you hanging on as long as possible and uh, one of our favorites. Terzo. You know, sometimes you ask somebody like, how you doing? If somebody asks you that and you actually, well, listen. (laughs) I do that all the time. The doctor said anything. Jimmy in San Antonio. How you doing, Jimmy? Jimmy. Buenos dias, amigos y señora. Oh, I lose. What's going on, Jimmy? Senora is you, Susie. Susie, give give my best to Amy Trask, por favor. Jimmy, no, I'm I, having her back. She's coming back in to be on the show the 25th. Okay, the right? 26th. Yeah. 26th. You're you're on 26th. Yes, yeah. 26th, Jimmy. Already, so I, I hope you'll be happy. My calendar. Great. Right, that's awesome. <laughs> I have uh, a few quick questions Jimmy. for you and Susie. Okay. And y'all can answer yes or no at the same time. Oh, oh, I like or, these. Wow, it's like yeah. the new. I want to go first. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> he said at the same time. Yeah, that's see how this happens, works, Zeus. See what happens when HR is boozing it up in the fairway? That's right. Oh. HR is not here today. Okay. Okay. Is Rich jealous of Brady the dog? No. Okay. Does Rich wish he was named Namath? Huh. In, but, instead of Brady, I thought Joe named. Oh, the dog! No, dog. because we no because no, we a, share a mutual love of, of Tom, Tom Bra- Brady. Tom Brady's a goat, man. Yeah, this one just happens to be the goat of uh, Great Pyrenees. So. Okay, that was a foul. That was uh, it's okay. Horrible. You can't hit foul. You can't hit a thousand. It's okay, Jimmy. No. Do you got any more on the drive to work? Was it separate on purpose via Mister and Mrs. Smith style? No. No. Because you, we're 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 picking up. Uh, you've got to go pick up our oldest. We're picking right? up. I have a pickup at the airport. I'm also an Uber driver. In case no, you gosh, need yeah, that's why. Five star rating. That's why. Okay, but over two. <laughs> Jimmy in San Antonio. Okay, thanks for the call, Jimmy. You're the that's man. it, Jimmy. That's it, Jimmy's out. Jimmy out. I got time. 
Jimmy's out. Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> fun show. Funny show. Funny show. That was a fun show. Uh, I want to thank today's guests. Uh, it was fun with Ben Affleck. And also Brian Windhorst dropping knowledge. Yeah. Tonight's Celtics Sixers game in Philadelphia. I want to see Meek Mill courtside <laughs> with Lamar Jackson. Just to wave to all the Celtics fans who've traveled to Philadelphia and everybody watching at home. And RKK. Correct. That would be so RKK scandalous. might even be there because, yeah. you know, Meek, Meek, Meek might have to tell RKK not coming. You, 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 we were going to go together. Uh, what if your plus what one if, plus one's now Lamar Jackson? What if in the top of the second quarter, RKK he, replaces Meek Mills in the chairs? Or oh, yeah. Meek Mill, right, brings RKK, and then middle of the first quarter says, "I got to hit the, I got to hit the men's room." Right, and gets Lamar up, comes Lamar puts Lamar in. in there, and he goes so and he's out. See, and as Lamar sitting us. next to. Bob Kraft for the whole game. This should be a Rich Eisen show, Enterprises. This is a yes. An RE, that's right. <laughs> RES Consulting. Consulting. We haven't consulted in a minute. We so. haven't consulted in a minute. We got to dust that dust that one off. Agents also. Good stuff. We're agents. Now. All right. Sports agents. Uh, and I want to thank also uh, Jay Billis. First guy to ever hit a golf shot during an interview in the history of the Rich Eisen show. Yes. And Aaron Sheehan. Who's got to ask Dan Patrick for $8 million? <laughs> <laughs>